Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. Uh, Good to be here, David. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 9, verse 1, 6 through 9, 13 through 17, and 34 through 38. But before we break open the bread of life, uh, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in so we can learn what the Spirit wants to speak to us today and see how Jesus wants to guide us on our journey? Absolutely. And just as a reminder, this is a a little mini version of what we do almost daily in in different parts of uh, the diocese and and the surrounding diocese called Gospel Reflection. And if if anybody's interested in joining one or starting one, we can help you. And uh, let's just, uh, let's go old school. You know, we have a a few prayers that we pray at the beginning of our reflections. Uh, One is a petition, and then Jesus' prayer for unity. And then the other is the the classic come Holy Spirit. So let's, uh, let's, let's lead with that in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please, Lord, allow each of us gathered here to be an instrument in the answer to your prayer of unity so that each of us united as one may be a light that leads to you. Jesus's prayer for unity. I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word so that they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me And I have given them the glory that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you love them even as you love me. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created. And you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of thy faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, and Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Tom, do you mind giving us a little bit of gospel love today? Sure. Again, it's uh, from John's Gospel, uh, chapter 9, verse 1. And then 6 to 9, 13 to 17, and 34 to 38. It would be the shorter version on Sunday. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. He spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and smeared the clay on his eyes and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back able to see. His neighbors and those who had seen him earlier as a beggar said, Isn't this the one that used to sit and beg? Some said it is, but others said, No, he just looks like him. He said, I am. They brought the one who was once blind to the Pharisees. Now Jesus had made clay and opened his eyes on the Sabbath. So then the Pharisees also asked him how he was able to see. And he said, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and now I can see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a sinful man do such signs? And there was a division among them. 
So they said to the blind man again, What do you have to say about him, since he opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. They answered and said to him, You were born totally in sin, and are you trying to teach us? Then they threw him out. When Jesus had heard that they had thrown him out, he found him and said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered and said, Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one who is speaking with you is he. He said, I do believe, Lord, and he worshipped him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. I wrote down when you first were reading, Tom, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And I wrote down, how many times do I pass by people and fail to see those are true who are truly in need. And you know what happens more time than not. But now that I've slowed down and allowed the Lord to grant me the gift of the eyes to see and the ears to hear, he's actually arranged those divine appointments for me to slow down and see people who are in need. And then to be those instruments of healing, to smear that bomb of healing on their hearts, to help them heal and help them be set free and share those truths of love and share my stories of how Jesus set me free. So for me, I don't want to pass by and not see someone who's truly in need. And, and the, the response of the man, so what happened? Well, he came, he smeared some clay on me. He was like, so, so matter of fact about, about what happened. And, uh, uh, it's just so cool that Jesus just meets us where we are and, uh, and he uses what was around and, uh, you know, it's just the whole idea of sacrament, you know, that the, you know, the outward, the outward sign instituted by Christ to give grace that, you know, just, you know, he just used, Jesus uses what's around for the miraculous, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, there's so many opportunities for us to, to utilize the gifts that God has given us so freely, so generously, uh, without cost to us, that we can just use all those gifts for His glory, His honor, and like you said, you said before, David, the, and then it becomes a great adventure. You know, each day is uh, is 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 met with, Lord, I'm here. You know, here I am, Lord. Use me, uh, send me to places where your your children need my love. Send me to be a listening ear, a kind word, a smile. Uh, there's a lot of people that are maybe not physically blind, but just blinded by unforgiveness, blinded by just the the anxieties of daily life, blinded by just cares and, and concerns on their hearts. Just um, and even in my life, sometimes you know, you worry or fear, or anxiety, you, you get blinded by that, mm-hmm. that you can't see the goodness that's around us. So, um, So if we can be that for each other and then be willing to receive the gift, you know, because sometimes we don't recognize our own blindness yeah. and God sends people to, uh, to, to pull us out. So we have to be able to humbly receive those gifts as well. Absolutely. And, you know, I love it here also because when we have that encounter with Christ, he knows what we need. And so he does his part, but then look what else happens. We have to be obedient. He says, go wash in the pool of Salome. And the man went, and he washed, and he came back. It was that active participant, patient, that we're all called to do that I believe is the obedience that helps us to be able to see, to be able to be set free. You know, for me, I get addicted to television. It's like, oh, Lord, I don't want to watch the television. The Lord's like, great. 
take the batteries out of the remote, make it a little bit more difficult. <laughs> well, now I have one. a choice. Yeah. I can either take the batteries out of the remote or put it over my wife's bedside, or I cannot. So I think really the Lord wants and knows what we need, but he wants us to be active participants, obedient in what he tells us to do. Because, you know, for right here and now, ladies and gentlemen listening today, what is the Lord asking you to do to be able to spiritually see, to be able to spiritually hear, to be in communion with him daily? What is the the um, something in your life that is distracting you from that intimate relationship with him? And that's what Lent's all about during this season of Lent, is to take away anything in our lives that is distracting us from union with the Lord, from that communion, that common union with him. So for me, Lord, help me to see. Help me to see what's in my life that takes me away from you, that distracts me from me being able to truly see you at work in my life. I really think that's a challenge to all of us because in all things, God calls us to be an active participant, to be obedient. And when we are, oh my goodness, what we can see the Lord do in our lives. And, you know, David, you talked earlier about the transformation that happened to this man who's blind from birth and how we sometimes walk by people and don't and don't and aren't sensitive to their, you know, to their situations. But the, the thing that's uh, kind of impressive about this story that really kind of jumped out at me was that now here's a man that was blind from birth. So pretty much everybody knew him as blind. But you notice as, as it's, the story goes on. He now he's not he's not blind anymore, and he's also not a beggar. And he's, so he's up walking around, and people are seeing him doing things that they're not used to seeing him before. This is a total transformation to the point where his neighbors and people who had seen him earlier didn't even know if it was the same guy because they're going back and forth. Is this the guy? No, it just looks like him. No, and then he says, "No, I am." You know, which also has overtones of you know that reference to that Jesus frequently makes in John's Gospel. So when we see. I am, that means something. You yes. know, that means the power of God is at work in this man. So the other thing, too, is is the Pharisees further on, they ask him what he thinks. You know, they can't decide for themselves, so they say to the man, what do you think? And he says, he's a prophet. And then they say, oh, you're, you, you know, you're, you're steeped in sin. How can you? And I almost kind of feel like if I were the guy there, I would have said, well, what did you ask me for? You know, right. <laughs> like you asked me because you wanted to know, and I told you what I think, and now you say I'm steeped in sin. Well, why did you ask me in the first place? You know, so, but again, it's this whole transformation that happens. It's so dramatic, but it also seems to throw the Pharisees, as straightforward as it is, it throws them into sort of a confusion here. Like they're undecisive about what's going on here. And that when you have that encounter with Christ and you are truly transformed, you become a new creation in Christ. And guess what? There are neighbors and people that will always hold you to your past. They'll never want to let you go or let your past go. They'll remember you as the alcoholic or the sexual addict or the drug user or whatever. Well, guess what? Shake the dust off your sandals. Walk away from them. They're not healthy for you. You are a new creation in Christ, and you get, you betcha, you can teach because you can share your testimonies of what the Lord did in your life. So don't pay attention to the naysayers, the people that hold you to your past, the people that knew you when and don't want to let go of who you used to be. You're a new creation in Christ. Walk upright, and then let your life be that great adventure led by the Holy Spirit. I had uh, 
worked with some people who were in the RCIA program. I actually taught a class a couple weeks ago covering for someone. And they, the question came up about uh, sacramentals, about holy water and, and salt. And one of the things that I remember from the teaching was that it was, it was talking about holy water and, and holy salt, blessed salt. Uh, and it specifically referenced this passage where it said, you know, it wasn't the mud that Jesus put on the man's eyes that actually allowed him to see. It was his openness to faith in Jesus and the deepening, you know, the power of Jesus to be able to transform him that made the difference. It wasn't the mud. You know, it wasn't the spit and the mud and the rubbing and all that business. And it's the same thing with, you know, with our, our deep Catholic tradition of sacramentals where we take things from the world and we use them to help open us. So we use holy water frequently in our liturgies. We use salt, for example, when we're baptized, you put it on the the mouth in the mouth of the of the baptized person, the infant or the or the older person, uh, because it's a purif- it's a sign of purification, and so we take that and we swallow it, and it's a sign that it purifies us. But the salt doesn't do anything. We eat salt all the time, and it doesn't it doesn't purify us or transform us. But the openness to the belief in Jesus is what this man showed even in his childlike simplicity because he speaks very directly you can see he you know what do you th- who do you think he is well he's a prophet you know well no he's not a prophet you don't you and then further down there it's almost like he sees Jesus maybe he didn't recognize him because he's he's new to seeing you know so maybe he, he didn't recognize him but Jesus asks him and De- Jesus seeks him out and asks him you know uh, you know, do you believe in the Son of Man? And he sa- and he says almost naively, like, "Well, who is he, so I can believe in him?" And Jesus says, "It's me." And he says, "Of course, I believe in him." You know, and then he he worships him. But he has that childlike simplicity and that openness that allows Jesus to work on him, to transform him in that in that way. So. And I think it's so important, Tom, because again, here's that call to action. When the man said, "I do believe, Lord," he didn't stop there. He then was his call to action. He worshiped him. Mm -hmm. And I reflected on worship. What does that look like? And, you know, for me, every day of my life, every moment of my life, all that I do, I'm doing it for the audience of one. I'm doing it to bring honor, glory, and praise to the Lord who gives me the ability to take the breath I just took, who gives me the ability to share the gifts and talents at my workplace, who gives me the ability to love his daughter, my wife, to care for his children who've been entrusted to me as my children. So for me, I'm working for an audience of one in all things. I want to include God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in all my decisions, in all my daily life. And I believe then and only then am I truly worshiping him. Because to just say, I believe, Lord, well, the as we realize in Scripture, you know, the demons, they believed that he was the, the you know, the Christ, and they, he said, silence them. You know, so for me, it's, it's not just about a lip service. It's about a call to action. And I believe to truly worship God, we need to worship in all things, invite him in and do it all for him, recognizing that with him, all things are possible. Without him, we can do nothing. One of our ministries, uh, Spirit Power, led by Marty Rotella, just had an opportunity to, to minister to and lead worship with a group of business owners and leaders. And uh, I, I, I've never, I mean, Marty's just excited about life and our Lord, and he's just so on fire. But after that, 
retreat with the business leaders, I mean, he was just, he was floating. And the response of these guys, and it was, it was, it was all men at this retreat, uh, was so positive. The worship that, that, that they allowed themselves, allowed themselves to enter into was so powerful to, to Marty that some of the guys that organized this, they said they've never seen or had an experience of worship like that. They've never had a retreat like they just, they just experienced. These, some of these guys are you know, owners of, of you know, dealerships and incredible uh, businesses, multinational businesses, presidents of banks, and they were standing up clapping and singing and worshiping our Lord. And, uh, you know, just that last, you know, that, that, that ending of our gospel, he said, I do believe, Lord, and he worshiped him. You know, our, our quiet prayer life is, is good and is, is, is essential, but that worship of praise and thanksgiving where you just are, you know, as excited as you are when you go to, you know, fill in the blank to your favorite professional sport team. You know, if we treated those events with the same excitement as we do our church services, I mean, the teams would be looking for new fans, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, like people point. say, uh, you know, oh, mass is boring. I don't know if you've ever, you know, Tom, you, you oh, yeah. mentioned lectoring or if you're ever up front and you're a Eucharistic minister. Yeah. You know, I've been, you know, you know I've, I've been at the vantage point of the priest. Man, it's a boring looking crowd, you know? I mean, they, yeah. you got, we got to, we got to liven it up. We got to smile. We have to pray. We have to join in. We have to sing. We have to, you know, put our whole being into into our worship, whether we're with a group or not. One of our guys uh, at our Gospel Reflection, one of, probably one of the oldest guys, says that he sings a song of worship, a worship song every morning as part of his prayer, that he sings a song. He's by himself, and he's just singing to our Lord in worship, all right? So uh, yeah, it's 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 awesome, man. That's what God wants. I mean, he doesn't need any of our stuff, right? I mean, he just... He wants yeah. us to to worship him because he knows, not for his own good, he knows that it's good for us. That mm-hmm. joy and peace mm-hmm. and love, and that fire will uh, will will change us, and then uh, you know we'll go out changed to change the world. Absolutely, and I go back to the one that says, "I do believe, Lord." And what does it mean to believe? I do believe, Lord. Well. God, our Father, gave us the blueprint of how to relive our lives, and it's the Word of God, the Bible. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, ignorance of sacred scripture is ignorance of Jesus Christ. It was quoted by St. Jerome. And that's the truth. If we don't know the Word of God, the Bible, as Catholics, we truly don't know Christ because He is the Word, the Word made flesh. And we need to consume Him daily. What we're doing today, breaking open the bread of life, is real. We are consuming our Lord, the living Word of God. We're consuming it. It will change us. So for me, you know, it's so important. And then that the phrase, I do believe, Lord, Jesus Christ in John chapter 6, verse 54 and on, says, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. These are Jesus's words. What's he speaking about? He's speaking about the Eucharist. He is telling each and every one of us as Catholics, as believers, that he's given us the gift of gift, his very self, body, blood, soul, and to and divinity, to eat and drink, to consume. Why? So that he is our spiritual food, so that we become what we eat, so that we can take him into the world. 
So for me, when I say, I do believe, Lord, do I believe every word that came out of the mouth of Jesus Christ? Do I know the words in the New Testament that came out of his mouth? Do I know that he said, my flesh is true food, my blood is true drink, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And another key sentence says, the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. (gasps) He gave us his flesh and he's telling us, that very flesh he gave on the cross is going to be that bread, the bread through the grace of God, working through that priest, the consecration becomes his very self, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Man, that is it. It is the source and summit of our faith. It is the pinnacle. It is what feeds us every day. So when we know that, and we truly do believe that, how can we not want to go every day not only to meet, but to receive our Lord Jesus Christ every day, bodily, spiritually, in his word. It's open to us at every mass, in every church, all over the world. And we refer to this man as, as, being, as, uh, as having a childlike simplicity, right? That he had that. And, and, and I wrote down, childlike simplicity leads to worship. Mm-hmm. You know, because we feel if we have to be, yeah. you know, if we have to have people prove everything to us all the time, even if it's like, okay, you know, you kind of beat me down. I mean, what does that lead to? You're just like, okay, but, but that childlike simplicity, Jesus is who he says he is. Yeah. And, you know, this is my body. This is my blood. Like that should, we, we should be like, just like, wow, wonder and all. This is amazing. Right. So childlike simplicity where we don't need to be, you know, have everything proven to us. Yes, Lord. You are who you say you are, and I love you, and I want to hang out with you. I want to worship you. I want to, I want to spend time with you. I want to get to know you. I want to serve you by serving others. It's, it's beautiful. And the thing that I'm, I'm really working on now is, uh, is going out into you know, where I used to be because, Dave, you had mentioned when people hold us to our past, and I still sometimes get a little, you know, get a little uh, thrown off when I go back into the into the old neighborhood, so to speak, right? Hanging out with uh, with the crew that's still doing what I what I used to do. And uh, last week I shared something uh, uh, that was about seeking. And today I'd like to share one that's just entitled Faith. And uh, it's from uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict the Sixteenth. Jesus did not fear the chaos. He did not hide from it. He plunged into its deepest point, the very jaws of death. Faith means always going out together with Jesus, not being afraid of the chaos. After celebrating the Passover meal with his disciples, we read that he went out, and we go with him if we do the same. Faith means emerging from the walls to build places of faith and love in the midst of our chaotic world. Isn't that beautiful? So this guy, blind, and, and now he sees, he's being thrust into his world, you know, for me, I was blind by my sin, and then thank you, Lord, He He saved me from my sin, and and I said yes. But then it's like, whoa, there's still a lot of this going on. There's still a lot of chaos. There's still a lot of what I used to do going on. And our Lord is saying, no, go, go in. You know, be firm in your faith, right? Let me build you up first, and then go, go, go out into the chaos. You know, you're with me, and bring my my love and bring my joy in the midst of the chaos. Beautiful, Rob. 
And, you know, David, you spoke about belief, and Rob, you, you kind of picked up on it. But two, I think, um, you know, it's funny you bring up Pope Emeritus Benedict because I was just going to bring up something. He had this phrase he called masters of suspicion, and he used it to refer to people who are always asking for proof or always want to know more or always suspicious about what's going on. They always look for the, uh, something wrong going on. And he, he contrasts that with faith, and, and Pope Francis has picked up on this also. But the point about faith is that, and you gave a beautiful explanation of beautiful example, David. But as you were deepening into that, you know, faith in the Eucharist, it also, for me, became a reason why I would want to worship. And with the deeper we go into that appreciation and that understanding and that grasp and that belief, the better we are able to worship. Because then when we receive him, we have a deep appreciation of who he is and who we are. And who we are in relationship to him. And then the praise, just the, the worship, the adoration just comes from from who we are, just as your passage kind of pointed out. It's it's who we are because we recognize where we stand in relationship to him and how incredibly uh, beholden we are to him for everything, for, for everything that we are, you know. And I'll tell you, you know, we read this story about the blind man, you know, from birth. Well, that's a spiritual blindness where we really truly don't recognize Christ. And I think we think it's a once and done. Once we've been cured of our spiritual blindness, we can see from then on. But no, no, no. I think we have lots of blind spots where we don't know and we don't see. And that's why I think it's so important we been given this gift of Holy Mother Church to always be able to go back to her to understand what is truth. What does she know? Because she is the bride of Christ. She is spotless, not the people in it, in the church, but she is spotless. So for me, in, in the beautiful teachings of the Eucharist, you know, as we look at Jesus, you know, there in his words, he said, you know, when he said these words, the Jews said, how can anybody believe this? And they left. The disciples, they left him because his heart saying was too hard. And he turns to a man, Peter, and he says, what about you? And Peter says the most profound thing. He says, where are we to go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to know the word. We need to consume the word. We need to live our faith, learning it first, then living it second, and then passing it on to each and every person that we meet through our actions. Pass it on to our fellow business leaders, to our children, to our spouses, pass it on to our friends, people in the workplace, through our actions. The truth and beauty of our Catholic faith has its deep roots in sacred scriptures. We need to know it in our heart, live it in our lives, and be those instruments of healing of the one body of Christ, welcoming our brothers and sisters in Christ who are not Catholic, but profess Christ as Lord, and then locking arms together to fight that one common enemy. May God bless each and every one of you. Let's be those instruments of change in the world, reflecting Christ in all we say and all we do. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 
Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.